Hello, everyone. This is Prophetess Lou. I hope you all are having a great day. Um, before we get started, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for life, health, and strength. We thank you for your love, grace, and mercy. Father God, as we go on about our day, we ask you to help us to show love. Help us to, to be kind. Father God, help us to hear the spirit of your Holy Spirit, Father God. Help us to hear him when he speaks to us about your word. Help us to get a deeper understanding. Help us to elevate in you, Father God. Father God, bless the ones that are hearing it and bless the ones that are reading it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So the key verse today is Romans 3 and 5. But some might say our sinfulness serves a good purpose, for it helps people see how righteous God is. Isn't it unfair then for him to punish us? This is merely a human point of view. Subject, do we take it for granted? Christian truths, I'm going to say it and pause on each one to give you opportunity to say it. I'm not taking grace for granted. I'm not selfish. I'm not prideful. I am everything he calls me to be. It's easy to take the grace we are given for granted. A lot of times we don't look at how this grace is given, was given or why it's given. We know we have it and we can use it just because we have it doesn't mean we can use it. I have a credit card. It has a significant amount on it. But it doesn't mean every time I need and won't, I need to spend on that card. It means if I need it, I can use it. I know it's there for me just in case I want to spend. I can. But it's a limit on my credit card. If I go over the limit, I have to deal with, with fees and my credit score decreasing. It's consequences. Even if I don't pay on time, it's consequences. But that's why I jot down when I pay and how much so I won't miss a payment. We all do this with our cards, right? We make sure we don't overuse it so we won't have consequences, right? We must understand that there's a, no limit to God's grace, but we can't overuse our grace. And the verse today is telling us this. Just because we have grace doesn't mean that we should do the unrighteous things that are fleshly our fleshly are the things we want to do. We shouldn't say we are justified with what we do because it will bring God glory and that he's unjust if he punishes us for our wrongdoings. No, this is the wrong way to look at our wrongs and how we punish, how he punishes us for it. We have to remember that sin is not of God. It, sin isn't what God had planned for this world. When we commit a particular sin, it isn't, it's because it's what we desire to do. Verse six, certainly not. If that were so, how could God judge the world? This person asks for all these questions is saying that how could God judge the world if it brings him glory and that he couldn't through the sin and faults of others still brings understanding to some humans. Look at Judas. Look at Balak. He, he wanted Balaam to curse the Israelites still every time he started to, he would bless them. Numbers 23 and 11, Balak says, Balaam, Balaam. What have you done to me? I brought you here to cuss my enemies, but you have done nothing but bless them. See, even in this, God gets the glory. But we must not sin just to say we can and he can't. He's God. We can't We can't make such a statement as that. But Romans 6, 19 says this. I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanitation. Excuse me. But Paul used terms that would that they would understand. Paul would Paul wanted them to know that they were once slaves to impurity, but now they were slaves to righteousness. And they should do things that are of righteousness and not of the flesh. 
we are now walking in grace because of what Christ did. And because we are walking in the light of the Lord, we don't have to do anything but walk and be in him. However, whatever we do that is righteous, God will get glory from, from it. How he have molded and shaped us to be. If we are worried about giving him glory, let's, let's do it in the right way. Let's do it in a way that pleases him. How can we give him glory by our members of our, our body, by the way we live our lives? Glory is for him, not for us to decide when and how he receives it. But for but us doing it, God is waiting for us to live a righteous life, not us live the life we want thinking this will help him. God doesn't need any of our help. Today, be careful with what you say and how you present yourself, because when we live a, a righteous life, it will give God glory. A lot of times we don't give God glory for nothing because we are so prideful and wanting to get recognition about everything. But some things we as humans shouldn't take away from God. God loves us so much. He doesn't want us to take for granted what he has given us as a free gift. Today, ask God to help you not to take his love, grace and mercy for granted. Prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for everything. Thank you for grace and mercy. Father, we desire to have more in you. We desire to not take the grace of you for granted. Yet you have given us for granted. Lord, forgive us of our sins. Help us to stay focused on you. Help us to love you unconditionally. Lord, we need you so much. We ask you to guide us and we will listen. Lord, help us to be kind and compassionate and content. Help us to seek you every day. Lord, spread your blood over our lives. Protect us from the seen and unseen things. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So today's topic is, do we take it for granted? We're going to pause right quick for a minute to give everybody time to get water in their Bible. Sorry, my throat gets dry when I'm doing the podcast, so I had to stop and get me some water. Okay. Now, this particular devotional is going to be, um, as the Bible say, meat. Because this is not, I mean, babes, you can understand it. I'm going to break it down for everyone to understand it. But this is not for people that are not ready to go deeper into the Word of God. And this scripture is not hard, but the mindset of it will make you wonder because Paul is getting asked by someone all these questions. And if you're not strong enough in God, you would take these questions. You'd be like, yeah, this person is right. That's why I said that if you're a babe in Christ, if, if you're not ready, do not listen to this devotional. You can listen to many versions, just me reading it. And it, it's self-explanatory. The Holy Spirit always gives me utterance where I can explain what's going on in the most simplest way for us all to understand the word. But this particular verse, when I ran across it, the Holy Spirit brought it to me. I was like, oh, okay. Even I was confused at one point. I'm like, what is he trying to say? So then I read a little further and I realized he said that this is a merely a human point of view. This is this person who ever talked to Paul or whatever example Paul was trying to do. He was trying to ask it in a way that someone would ask that's an atheist or someone would ask that is maybe new in God or, or someone that's having a struggle with certain sin. These are the questions that he asks. So what we're going to do is we're going to grab our Bible. We're going to go ahead and turn to Romans 3. If you have your Bibles, if you have your phone, that's fine too. We're going to go between the reading some of it out of the devotional on little key points that was made. And we're going to um, also read out of the word. We're going to go ahead and go right into the word. 
because I feel like it's better for us to go to the word on this one so it can be explained properly because I don't want anyone to get it confused. So we're going to start at verse one. Normally, I don't do this. Normally, I talk a good bit, give some examples. And I do want to give this one example that like with a credit card, which was made in the, the example was made in the motion, like with a credit card, we cannot overuse it. If we do anyone that has good credit, you know, if you go over your limit, you miss a payment, points are taken off, two points taken off, three points taken off. And I, for one, I love my credit score and I don't want it to go down just because I didn't make a payment on time. So I set my alarms on my phone. I have a little calendar book. I have all this stuff set up so I won't mess up because it's so easy to miss a credit card payment because you didn't make it on time. And, and some credit card companies, I think it's so silly. If you don't get the credit, the payment in by 12 o'clock, it's counted as late. I'm like, it's still a full day. Why are you counting it as 12? And then some of them has a cutoff at five. Some of them say pay when you want, as long as it's on this day. But if you don't pay, you have consequences. If you overuse your credit card, it's consequences. It's just like the grace of God. You cannot overuse it. I mean, you have a lot of it. It's, it's, un, it's unlimited. It's, 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 it's no limit on it. But you don't want to overuse the grace of God, just like you don't want your credit card to be overused. It's the same balance. You don't want to just keep sitting and say, I got grace, I got grace, I got grace. No. It, it's okay to have a slip up here and there. It, you know, it's okay to say, oh, I slipped up. God, I know I have grace. Thank you, God, for your grace. Thank you, God, for your mercy. But you don't want to overuse it. So we're going to start in Romans 3, verse 1. And I'm going to break down each verse to lead up to verse 5. And we might go into verse 6. It just depends on the time and what the Holy Spirit has for us, okay? So Romans 3 and 1, I'm in the NLT. I'm not going to go back and forth from the NIV to the NLT. I'm not going to do it today, so... I'm sorry. Okay, verse one says, then what's the advantage of being a Jew? Is there any value in the ceremony of circumcision? Back then, before Christ died, people thought, the Jews thought that, and it was a thing that you had to be circumcised. You had to follow these certain laws. It, it was mandatory. But they didn't understand. They In Paul in verse two says, yes, there are great benefits. He says here, first of all, the Jews are entrusted with the whole, with the whole revelation of God. They was entrusted with everything. They was the main focus was the Jews. So he's not discrediting that you need to get, you know, that these men needed to get circumcised. He's, he's not discrediting it. He's not discrediting him that they're, they're, you know, the chosen people. But God done away with that. When, when Jesus died, he done away with it. Everyone's treated free as, 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 as the same. There's no favorites. It's just people being and loving God. Okay, verse 3. True, some of them were unfaithful, but just because they were unfaithful does not mean God will be unfaithful. Verse four, of course not. Even if everyone else is a liar, God is true. As the scripture says about him, you will be proved right in what you say and you will win your case in court. Let's go back to the top. It says, true, some of them were unfaithful, but just because they were unfaithful doesn't mean God is unfaithful. This is something that I always say is just because we are not faithful doesn't mean God's not faithful. Just because we're not there and we don't want to spend time with him doesn't mean he's saying that. We might be like, oh, God doesn't love me. He does love us. We don't love him enough to follow his rules because his, his word says, if you love me, you're, you're keep, keep my commandment. So some of us don't love him enough to keep his commandment. It, it goes on to say, of course not. Even if someone is a liar, God is true. As the scripture says, says about him, you will be proved right in what you say and you will win your court case. Verse five. 
But some might say our sinfulness serves a good purpose. Let's stop there. So the same person that's asking Paul these questions, he says, wait, but some might say our sinfulness serves a good purpose. So this man has this, this mindset that because he sinned, that this helps God. God doesn't need our help. He does not need our help with us sinning and saying, oh, I just sinned. This should help God. He should get some kind of glory out of this because he's going to save me. He's going to give me grace and mercy. So this is this is him getting glory. No, 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 no. So, so it goes on to say, for it helps people see how righteous God is. Isn't it unfair then for him to punish us? This is a merely human point. He said, isn't it unfair for God to punish us because this gives him glory? Isn't it unfair for God to judge me on my sins when this is helping him out? How dare he? When, for instance, Pharaoh, he, his heart was hardened. And it was done for the glory of God. And this happened multiple times where Pharaoh's heart was hardened. And it gave God glory because God was able to part the sea. God was able to lead the people out and, and by night with a pillar of fire and, and by day uh, uh, something else. He he did these things to, to help give it helped give him glory. It shows how how mighty and strong he is. It shows how he, a great provision he had for these people. So it gave God glory. It gave everyone a chance to see this is the God that created us. This is the God that will make a way out of no way. This is the God that will provide for you. Even if you had nothing, he will provide for you. It gave God glory. It gave God glory then and it gives God glory now. But just because Pharaoh sinned, just because Pharaoh was this and that doesn't mean that he shouldn't be punished. Just like Balaam. He wanted Balak, he wanted Balak Balak wanted Balaam to cuss these people. He wanted him to cuss them and do this. And he was like, no, I'm going to bless them because that's what God wanted me to do. Because he, he was told not to go. And he still was sinful, still was, um, I guess you could say money hungry and still went. He still wanted what he wanted. He still went. And, and because he went, because he did what he did, God still got glory because God caused him to bless him. You see, but it doesn't take away the fact that he needs to get judgment put upon him because of what he did wrong. See, we, we can look at our sin as, oh, this is giving him glory and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. No, my life before I got saved was crazy. It was crazy. But that doesn't mean that I'm justified in it because now I'm someone else. And I'm teaching other people not to go down that road. No. No, it, it doesn't mean I'm justified in that. So if you're looking at your sin saying that this sin is going to give God glory because I know he's going to give me grace and I'm going to turn from the sin because I'm going to try it one more time. I got to do the sin one more time. I got to smoke one more joint. I got to drink one more uh, bottle of whiskey. I got to sleep with this random person and, and God's going to forgive me. I'm going to turn away. No, that does not mean because you wanted to fulfill your lust of the flesh that God's not going to give you punishment for it because you have grace and that you think that this is going to give him glory. No, I, I, I'm taking the Holy Spirit. having me taking time to explain this to you. That does not give God glory. Us communicating us. The word says that the way to give glory to God is through our body. 
living as a living sacrifice. That means not doing things of the flesh. That means um, not fornicating. That, that means doing everything that he wants us to do with our body. We talked about this before about how to give God glory. We give glory to God about our lifestyle, how we how we read our word, how we pray, how we go out and, and talk to people, evangelize to people. That's giving God glory, not sinning. We can't, no one can possibly think that sinning is going to give him glory. That you you purposely do a sin and this is going to give him glory. No. You purposely doing a sin isn't going to give him glory. It's abusing your grace. Okay, so let's go on to verse six. Of course not. If God were entirely fair, how would he be qualified to judge the world? But some might still argue, how can God condemn me as a sinner if my dishonesty highlights his truthfulness and bring him more glory? So this person still is saying, how can God condemn me of being a sinner if the way I'm living could probably bring someone to Christ or how I'm living could bring him glory. What we do in in behind closed doors, what we do in front of people that's and being dishonest isn't going to bring him glory. Being dishonest, being living a life of of being a heathen is not going to bring him glory. We have to stop thinking that because be so prideful to think that oh how could he how dare he judge me? How dare he judge me when he knows this is going to give him glory? That one day I might turn turn around, turn my life around, and I might I might give my life to him, and that my life is going to give someone lead someone to him. So why should I get punished for what I did or used to do? Because this is going to help save someone's life, right? We can't look at that like that. That's 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 not right. It, the Bible simply tells us here, but that this is a merely a human point of view. And he says, of course not. Of course not. It's not going to give God glory. It says in verse 8, but some people even slander us by by claiming that we say the more we sin, the better it it is. Those who say such things deserve to be condemned. He he says it here, you deserve to be condemned if you're thinking that the more you sin, it gives God glory. It does not. The more I participate in this sin with, with these people, I can understand what, what, what this sin is about. No, you can get divine revelation and, and, and visions from God to understand what some, why someone is doing particular sin. You can read up on it. You can YouTube. It's too much out there for you to say, this is why you sin, and that you sin the more to help God. No. If someone says this to you, stop talking to them because they're leading you down the wrong path. We should want to avoid sin. The word of God says strive for perfection. Babes in Christ, we should strive for perfection. It doesn't say that we're, we're, we're perfect. That's not what that's saying. That's saying we're striving for perfection. We're striving for perfectness. Even if we don't make it, we're striving for it. We're trying for it. It does not say deliberately sin. So the better if the better it is if we sin more. Verse 9. It says, well, then should we conclude that we Jews are better than others? No. He says in here, no, not at all. For we have already shown that all people, whether Jews or Gentile, are under the power of sin. We're going to stop right there. Okay, so I want everyone to understand we just went from Romans 3, 1 through 9. And the, and the thing is, is that most people feel like, oh, the true Jews are black. The 
true Jews are real Jews and true Jews are these people. Are Jews. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're black. It doesn't matter if you're white. It doesn't matter if you have a bigger home. It doesn't matter if you have a small car. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you spend 24 hours with God and you, you're saying that you you are more connected with God than anyone. That doesn't matter. No one's better than the next person. No one. We all are equal. We all have the same opportunity to have gifts of the spirit. We all have the same opportunity to, to elevate in the, in, the, in, in the spiritual realm. We all have the, the same right to have visions and revelation. We all have the same right to do this and this, that, and the third. It's up to us what we put in our relationship with God. If you're going to keep sitting and sitting and sitting, you're not helping your relationship with God. You are causing empathy between you and God. It's a block that becomes there. Oh, I just asked for grace and mercy. I just asked God to forgive me. And that removes it. It still damages your relationship. We must at all costs avoid sinning. If you, in your mind, think these things makes it fair for you to sin because, oh, Pharaoh got, Pharaoh's uh, life was glory for God. What Pharaoh did made it made us uh, learn something. So maybe if I do something, it will help someone else. No, 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 no. Even Judas, his life gave God gave Jesus life glory, because if he never if it was never Judas and Judas never kissed Jesus and Jesus never got put on the cross, where would we be? So his life gave God's help give God's life gave gave Jesus life glory, but. The thing is that we can't look at it in that aspect because that would take away from the whole picture. That would take away from everything. Saying, oh, because he did this great sin, this is why this happened. No. We can't say. But we can't depend and say that because Judas did this sin, this is why he gets glory. No. And his life is glory, glory, glorified. Glorified It's not. Judas was wrong, but he was used as an instrument. It's just like a, a doctor that, that performs surgery. He has people in there passing the, the, the scalpel, passing this, passing that. But you know who gets the glory? Not the people that pass him the, the scalpel, not the person that washes the tools, and none of those people. The doctor. Everyone say, oh, good job, doctor, good job. But what about the person that passes the scalpel? What happened, what happened to the person that, that passes him this or cleans the tools for him to use, that, that, that takes his robe up? What happened to those people? He was just used as an instrument. Pharaoh was just used as an instrument. These are instruments, and instruments can be disposed of. It doesn't mean that these people's lives are okay. It's okay to sin. You shouldn't role model your life after people that have sinned. Judas, uh, Pharaoh, uh, it, it, no, we should role model our life after Christ and we should avoid sin at all costs. One of the key verses that, that was used in the devotional and, and used as a reference verse, and that's why it's only two because it's, it's, these scriptures are so big, it's, it says that for we do not have, what is it? Mm, no. I wanted to use this verse here. Hold on, it's right here somewhere. Mm, I can't find it. Okay, here it is. 
But it says, for just as once presented your members as slaves to impurity and lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to satisfaction. We must lead a life like the same dedication we had to sin, the same dedication we had to set ourselves up for a party or going to the club at night is the same way we should set ourselves up. Well, I'm going to go to bed early so I can pray. Uh, I'll make sure I don't eat this and eat that so I can fast. The same motivation, the same dedication we had when we was yet sinners is the same motivation we should have now as Christians, as followers of Christ, as believers of God. He even used these terms of slaves because the, the Romans were used to being slaves. They was used to slavery. They, they had they knew what slavery meant. They knew the ins and outs of slavery. So he used something that they could understand. He said, I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitation. So he's telling us that just like you was impure then, be pure and be dedicated to having a life full of righteousness, a life dedicated to walking in the light of the Lord. Don't let your lawlessness, don't let your fleshly ways lead you down a path, a, a sinful way that you are no longer of. You're no longer a slave to sin. We're no longer going out doing these things. We're, we're now people that needs to follow Christ. We are people now that are are seeking God, not seeking a, a joint, not seeking how to get drunk, not seeking the next person we can sleep with. We're seeking the kingdom of God. We're seeking a deeper relationship with him. Not trying to figure out how can I sin to get away with it? Because that's basically what this person is saying. How can I sin to get away with what? How can I sin and get away with it? And allow God to say, oh, it's okay. You did this for me, so I'm going to let you slide. No, that's not what that's saying. We must be accounted for every thought, every minor, minute word we will be here to hold judgment for. And even whatever action we do. So we must be careful with these things. I hope that this helped you understand this verse. I hope this makes you understand what this, this guy was talking to Paul about. This, this guy, this person, whoever he was thinking, he was thinking wrong. This is not how you should think. You shouldn't sin just to try to give God glory. No. We should live a righteous life, a holy filled life, and that will give God glory. Thank you for listening. I pray you all have a blessed day. Remember, Jesus loves you. I love you too. Be blessed.